Welcome in, everybody, to another edition of the Return of the Roar podcast, the podcast that can now finally officially only focus on basketball. There is no other separate distractions. Uh, Isn't that right, Frank? I don't know. I got some good feedback on the cereal talk last week. Cereal talk is always a good time, but can't can't promise that we won't talk cereal. But we actually do have some games. Two. Oh, I, I was definitely trying to see that was me trying to jab you right there. I was trying to make a, a, a you no longer can watch Yankee baseball uh, joke. Yeah, it's um, been a rough, been a rough week. <laughs> been a rough week. Uh, did you see that game? Uh, no, I didn't. I where was I that night? Um, I haven't been able to watch like any of the wild cards. It's been really upsetting. Um, you didn't see the Dodger game either. I watched the I know see I wouldn't even say I watched it I had it on but like I was in my kitchen I think we had people over and I was like talking and I saw it it was like one of those where like you know I'm sure every sports fan has had this moment where you know like you know people are over or whatever and the game is on and you're just like you're half locked into both but then like if something exciting happens in the game you then just instantly like with all disregard for normal source social norms you're just like oh my god and then you run over to the tv and you're just like i don't care if i was mid-cent it was one of those that's the best though I, yeah, yeah if it's like if it's not my team if it's not the yankees or, or when i watched the kings back in the day uh if it's a big game on super bowl sunday doesn't count but if it's a big game i'm a big fan of the putting music on and muting the game and just watching mm. the game and like if you're having people over and you're being social hanging out the game's on. The music's going. You're you're playing to both crowds, the the non sports crowd and the sports crowd. But uh, the the Dodger game, yeah, the walk off home run. If anyone out there is a baseball fan, the walk off to go into the NLDS to play the Giants. Uh, it was one of those nights where I had the music going and the game. So I locked in for that one pitch. But all you Giants fans out there, I hope you're doing well today. Uh, can, can we talk well. about what you just mentioned there for a second? Because I do think that that's an interesting like I do think there's two different people in the world. There are people who are like, I need to listen to the sports broadcast because it locks me in. And like, that's it. If there's music, then I'm just not as locked in and it's distracting. Not that you dislike. I'm saying all of this because this is me. Uh, and then it's, there seems to be people like you, Frank, who, who, well, I don't think you listen to music when there's not people over, but I, I have no. ran into people. My, my old roommate was like this where he, I mean, he's more of a music head, but he definitely loves sports, but he would watch sports and listen to music at the same time. And it's just, I just can't do it. I don't know. Like it, it's no, for no, me, no. it's just I, like I said, like, I just can't, I feel like I'm just not quite as locked in. And when you hear the crowd, when you hear the announcers, like, it's just like a big, it's almost like your surround sound. Uh, oh yeah. Just like so locked in, there's nothing else going on. And like, you can really divulge yourself. That, I don't know how that, people do it. That's, that's strictly. I, so big game. I'm by myself. The, <laughs> the game is on. I'm not put, listening yeah. to music. I mostly meant, I live in a house of people that don't love sports. Yeah. And if we're having people over, people come over for dinner or, or what have you, I, we put music on, but I, you know that I'm still going to have my game on too. Yeah. Uh, but if I'm watching the wild card game or tonight, I'm going to watch the giants Dodgers game. Game's going to be on the volume. I'm gonna, yeah. I was going to say, I'm going to be locked into that one. Like if it's Joe Buck calling the game, I'm, I'm going to listen to Joe Buck. I, I I'm not anti Joe Buck. I don't know. People hating Joe Buck too. It's it's a friend of mine. We were talking about how it's a big game feel. How can you not? Yeah. It's it's a big yeah. game feel. 
Mm-hmm. I 100 percent agree with that. Like, say what you will. Again, yeah, I don't think any Giants fans love Joe Buck. Uh, they feel like he he was a big homer uh, for the Cardinals when they were winning, and just in general, people didn't feel like he was rooting for the Giants to win. Uh, but I just think it's, it's ignorant to not acknowledge that. Like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's honestly, it's, it's strange to watch Kings games now with Mark Jones on the call, because for so long I associated Mark Jones's voice with like, oh, this is an ESPN game. If I'm hearing his voice, I'm probably like at a bar somewhere or something, you know, like it's definitely a big game. And then to hear Mark Jones, uh, on our, on our 31 win Mm. (laughs) Uh, sometimes it's just a little strange and like it, it yeah, I don't know. It's, it's interesting. It, I think I, th- I was getting yeah, never mind. You should talk because I was no, no, no. What's your thought? What's your thought? <laughs> I was just going to mention the fact that I know in the past for Kings broadcasts, uh, people would opt to, uh, listen to the radio broadcast, which we highly, highly promote. You still do, but we definitely mm-hmm. highly promoted that you do it in the past. Um, and it's just, yeah. I don't, what do, what are your thoughts about that? About listening to the, the radio, radio broadcast? It's definitely a summer conversation, uh, and now we're well, having it now that it's all starting, and I love it's, it. <laughs> it's hey, you know, I, it's it's fine. I yeah, when the when when the Yankees would play the A's, I would tune out the A's broadcast and put the Yankee broadcast on. You want to listen to your broadcaster? People have their preference. I remember back in two thousand two, uh, during the Kings' big playoff run, my grandpa was just so I don't know why because Marv Albert actually is he's a legend and that yes. was a big game field yes and so my grandpa would turn the the games on TNT on mute and even though the timing would be a little bit off he'd put G-Man on the old 2002 stereo which was cool which is how I knew who G-Man was growing up but uh I don't know I'm it, sometimes you got to bear through get to get through it I know people were really hating on how bad A-Rod was during baseball yeah. this season how he's very, very bad. Uh, so that's the topic of discussion. People, people don't like Joe Buck. Announcers are, you know, announcers. You got to either, you can tune it out by, by playing music or doing a radio broadcast, or you can just get through it. I choose I, to kind of just get through it more than often. But I think MLB, uh, the MLB TV app had this as an option, but would you, if given the option, would you opt for like a TV radio simulcast? I do that sometimes. I think NBA League Pass offered that like a year they ago. They offer it separately. That's the only thing is you can't. I'm more saying like listen, like some they do the work for you, and you know I think radio's 15 seconds ahead or 10 seconds ahead or something like that. If they did the work for you, synced it up so that you could watch the game while listening to the radio broadcast. Yeah, I mean I'd be interested in that. Yeah. I, I I like to ha- I like to have my choices. I think everyone out there like to have their choices. They don't want to just have their one and and that's it. But when it's your team, you want to hear your announcers. And I think that's why people opt to go to the radio uh more than not. I know I saw on Twitter some people were watching the Kings Clippers preseason game and they were playing mm-hmm. uh, they had the league pass. Uh it was free. I try I bought the game. You could buy the one game deal for five ninety nine on League Pass, but then it said it was free. Maybe League Pass is doing a thing. But anyways, I was listening to 1140 um, on the game, and I saw a lot of people on Twitter doing company the man. same. Yeah, I'm a company guy. What can I say? Well, um, there's the, that's enough of that. We, we've <laughs> There's actual – well, I shouldn't even say actual basketball, but they, they are – the Kings are playing uh, – they're playing basketball. You know, I'm going to count it. I know, I know a lot of people don't like preseason and honestly like preseason more just to poop on preseason. You know, they're just like, 
they're just so excited to get off the take that uh, the preseason doesn't matter. And, you know, to an extent, sure, they're right. It doesn't matter at all uh, in terms of results. The results don't matter. But it's like you can't just say it does. It doesn't matter in total. Like there's things that you can look out for. You should be looking out for like. Does this guy look lost completely? Uh, you know, we, I'm sure we're going to talk about Taron Fox's three point shot. Looks like it could. It's at least improved. Um, you know, there's just things that you can look out for in the preseason, and and uh, I don't know. I don't know how you feel well, about it, but I'm just not a big I, fan of people completely dismissing preseason. No, it, look, the, do the games matter in the in the long run? Absolutely not. But these guys are coming back in. They're getting into NBA shape. They're proving that they are in NBA shape. Uh, and I, the Kings are 2-0. and Let me start with they've won both games. Does that mean anything? No. But if they were 0-2, what, what would the reaction be then? Because I'm seeing people already yeah. re- responding, who cares? It's preseason. Like you're, you're getting excited about preseason? Number one, no one's getting excited about preseason. Number two, if the Kings were 0-2, and they had just lost by double digits to Phoenix yeah. and by double digits to the Clippers, what would we be hearing? I guarantee you would be hearing, quote unquote, oh, looks like the Kings haven't fixed their defensive problems. That's they can't all you even win, They yeah. can't even win in the preseason. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, and yeah, I don't know. Are, are we any more right than they are wrong? No, like preseason no. doesn't necessarily, you know, like I, I guarantee, you know, uh, Tyler hero is not going to average 24 points a game in the regular season. But the fact that Tyler hero had 24 points the other day means that Miami fans can be like, well, maybe he's not completely lost it, you know? And like with Kings fans here, like I said, you know, uh, Darren's shot looks great. Uh, Marvin, Marvin's someone that, you know, he, he still looks not great on defense, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Like, Uh, We haven't, you know, he hasn't been able to show much from what he's, he's gained offensively. I'm sure he's worked on his, his offensive game to become more of a perimeter shooter. We've seen him take quite a bit of perimeter shots uh, in the preseason, but you know, defensively, he doesn't necessarily look like he's, you know, taken a leap to, I don't even want to say playable, but like he, he he doesn't look like he's he's made the leap to be like, oh, okay, like we can play this guy 30 minutes in our closing lineup and look fine again. Like this is preseason, but, um, you know, you can Luke's is trying to figure stuff out. Whoa, Bessie almost had the first uh, first swear there. Luke's trying to figure stuff out, too, and I think you can just see it. Um, in his rotations and stuff. And uh, I don't know, like there's, I, I'm more just, I, I'm sick and tired of hearing that preseason means nothing. No, it's the, look two and oh, that doesn't matter. What matters is the guys that are playing are playing. Well, we can honestly say that the guys that are playing right now are playing well, the performing well, buddy heel. We'll have to talk about that in a little bit, but De'Aaron Fox looked great last game, 23 points, 22 minutes. That's what you want to see. He's using his size. Tyrese Halliburton, has looked very, very comfortable in the offense. Davion Mitchell, the Kings rookie, 13 points last game. De'Aaron Fox, and he's he's a top five defender in the league, and he's so impressed. Paul George giving him props. These are the things you want to see. We're not going to sit here and say, oh, my God, the Kings are going to be I'm not going to come here playoffs. and say Davion Mitchell is a top five on-ball defender, no, but that's what, it has been said. That's that's for De'Aaron to say. Yeah. We can we can say that all we want, but the guys that are out there doing the work uh, – and, and doing the work well, 
it's 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 what's important to take away that you don't have to respond to, to recaps or tweets about De'Aaron scoring 22 saying nobody gives a damn it's the preseason okay well what if he went buddy healed four for 15 or whatever it is from three he's stinking up the place what if he opens up on opening night and drops 25 and hits seven threes it's not gonna matter it, it's you want to see the guys play well the guys that are playing well De'Aaron Fox Tyrese Halliburton Tristan Thompson has looked pretty decent uh those were takeaways to make and and there's no reason to overanalyze or overthink but the, you can't sit there and say it does not matter because it does yeah and again i will i'll 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 give i'll pander to to that side and i'll say yes i understand that you know just because whatever you like you said you know just cuz buddy's playing poorly in the preseason and then if he comes out game 1 is 7 for 7 from 3 and whatever scores 25 points then yeah i guess preseason didn't matter you're right congratulations but it you know it's it's just it, it, i don't know it, it's it all plays into each other you know you got to get your rhythm it's you know davion has been guarding the kings players you know all his kings teammates for the past three months, it's important for him to get some work against Paul George, because you know what? The Kings don't have anyone who moves like Paul George. And so for him to get that experience in the preseason is great because once the regular season comes, he'll have the confidence to be like, I locked down Paul George granted in the preseason, but I know I can stick with Paul George who the Kings play opening night, you know, Maybe Donovan Mitchell won't be. Well, that's their home opener. Whatever. Donovan Mitchell won't be so difficult. Um, I don't know. I, I this is no, this is, it, pro- this is probably us just yelling at the sky. But no, it's just it, I, it's not because I've seen it enough. But like, it's it's a moot point. I don't know. I think everybody out there has their own. I don't know. It's funny. P- preseason is a very political thing. It's it is. People, people are very they're very split down the middle. Also, can uh, I just – is it so bad that we're just excited to see them play basketball? No. No. <laughs> the, the, like, the people, the people, Chris, the people that are being negative about the preseason saying, oh, my God, they're still going to start off 0-10 or whatever, or, or who gives a damn. Those are the people that, like, are so negative and they, just, they are so deep in that pit yeah. of resentment that they just – they watch the games just almost hoping for them to do poorly. Yeah. Uh it's a sad thing. If you're one of those fans, I don't know. Stop. Like, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> stop. Uh, stop. Uh, stop being negative all the time. It's just, I don't know what you're doing or go watch something else, but uh, you, you shouldn't come out and say, Oh my God, we're going to win the championship. We're going to make the playoffs two and Oh, or if they go three, no on Monday or even finish four on the preseason, um, they're going to do something great. Just sit there. Watch the players. Don't even pay attention to the score. That's the way I was looking at it is winning is great. And the fact that they outscored the Clippers mm-hmm. bench 38-17 the third the other night, that was a fun run to watch. The guys were all – they're clicking on all cylinders. That's fun to watch the team play well together. The chemistry mm-hmm. looks good. You should be happy about that. Forget the score. Watch the play on the court. The guys are having fun together. Tristan Thompson, it was like 11 p.m. after the game, but he was saying after um, – after the media session was, I was like in the, the zoom room with like three other people and Tristan had this three minute long uh, answer to a question about like what the chemistry is like. And he said, there's just so many good dudes in the locker room. So many good people, so many good personalities, good people. 
we all like each other. Everyone's on too the many same nice page. guys is what I'm hearing. <laughs> I guess uh, that's what just what we would say last year. Last year is oh, too many yeah. nice guys. This year, the Kings have yeah all types of guys. Yeah, Tristan Thompson, Alex Len, they're they're bringing some muscle, but yeah. they're they're all getting along. The chemistry is great. You've heard from De'Aaron, you've heard from Tyrese. They also the chemistry is going very well. Uh, Buddy Heald saying the right things in the press. These are the things to look for in preseason. You don't have to mm-hmm. hope the Kings win every game. No. And I think their depth has been really impressive to your point. Like I think uh, th- the fact that, you know, it's not really whatever. We're, we're, we're winning these games, but it's not Buddy Heald has 30 points because he went off from three or De'Aaron is just attacking the hoop and nobody else cares. Like it's, it's everybody sharing the wealth. Like it's a lot of, I I don't know how much I I don't have the stats in front of me, but I don't think our leading scorer had 20 points. No, like Uh, the other De'Aaron at 23 um, against the Clippers. And then, yeah, yeah, like, like you said, it was very balanced against, against uh, Phoenix. You had Bagley at 15 Harrison Barnes looked incredible, incredible again, preseason. I know, but seven to 12, four of nine from three, 18 points. Tyrese with 11 points. Uh, Buddy healed 14 grand. He took 20 shots. But uh, like you said, the, the DeMarcus Cousins days were, hey, Bleak. you have to get us 30 tonight and maybe we can have someone else give us 15 to 20 and we can try to win this game. De'Aaron Fox last year, it was kind of the same thing where we need 30 points out of him or we're going to be in trouble. I think the Kings have a little more, little more bite this year. Tyrese Halliburton can take a step forward. De'Aaron doesn't need to do everything on his own. Harrison Barnes has looked like last year will not be a fluke. If, if any, if the first two games have been any, yeah. any sign again, preseason, I know, <laughs> but there are guys on this team that are capable of adding to that scoring punch each night. They say it in preseason, the players have said it scoring. Isn't the problem. Defense is the priority and the defense through two games. Has it looked incredible? No, not really. Has it looked better? I'd say so mm-hmm. just off the eye test. And I think Davion Mitchell has a huge part of that. Tristan Thompson is a huge part of that. Alex Lenz, a huge part of that. Those are all three guys that were not here last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm really liking the rotations from the bigs and from the guards as well. I think, um, you know, I saw, I saw a graphic. I really wish I could shout them out. Cause it was a really pretty graphic of, uh, of the Kings rotations against the Clippers for the first and second half. Um, and yeah, the the three guard rotation was was heavily heavily used with Fox and Mitchell uh, staggering at at the point guard, and I think Tyrese got a stint in the third quarter uh, as point guard. Uh, and even with the bigs, you know, you saw that Luke switched the bigs, the starting big rotation. I think that was more just so he can give Tristan uh, um, and Len some minutes. But it'll be interesting. I think yeah, you know, the team is very deep and and it'll be a matter of if this team can get, you know, yeah, offense isn't the problem. Can this team get to, you know, average defensively slightly below average, I guess would probably uh, even be fine, but this team, it it has, it's not for lack of talent. And uh, yeah, Chris, my goal, how about, how about not finish dead last in defensive rating? How about let's, let's get the, let's jump to 20th. Yeah. 20th, which is, let's just jump into into the next tier here mm-hmm. which is finished within the top 21 teams mm-hmm. please 
Because, yeah, again, like I think if and I think if they do that, then there's real potential. You and I were both on uh, on um, Brendan Nunez's uh, um, King's Pulse roundtable. And he asked us what the what our season win prediction is. And to my surprise, I think there was six or seven of us in the in the call in total or in the roundtable. And I believe the lowest win total was 37 and just about everyone else had uh, 40 to 41 wins. I think that's the kind of way that the team gets to that 41 win mark. And I think that's incredibly ambitious uh, and probably a high end win total. But if the team is, is solid defensively, the, the again the offense is not the issue like th- they can they can more than find points if people go down again we've talked about uh you know if whatever if buddy heel goes down there's terrence davis if again knock on every piece of wood if De'Aaron fox goes down we now have tyrese halliburton and davion mitchell you know if if harrison goes down then we might be in some real trouble there but yeah Go to um, Mo, Mo Harkless and, and Bob yeah, Woodard. I guess Bob T, or TD can play some small TD forward. can play the three, I guess. Um, centers, yeah, we, I, we, we got centers. We yeah, we got centers. centers. We got forwards who could also be centers. We got centers who could also be forwards. Um, it'll, we, do it's, not, it'll, yeah. we, we do not have a guard that can be a forward, though. The Ben Simmons trade has not gone through, so. No. No. Um, not did you yet. see today? Did you see today though the one information that came out, which was like so super small, a, t- a tiny sentence in that new article from David Aldridge and Sam Amick and those guys in the Athletic. Uh, the small sentence was just in parentheses. Simmons would be open to, to a Sacramento deal, like for what it's worth. Okay, that's mm. that's great. I'm, would, I, I, okay. that's great for three firsts and three pick swaps. Philly's crazy with that. Um, yeah, it just doesn't seem like any of that's going to happen anytime soon. And uh, I don't know. Yeah, it, it's I, I, I've kind of abandoned ship on that. Oh, me too. I just <laughs> I think that I just, ship has I, sailed. I just saw that one thing come out today after the last we'd heard it had been, I think, almost two months since last time mm-hmm. the team's talked. But like you said, the depth for this Kings team right now probably is the best they've had since maybe the whole playoff drought. I think this is the best. I mean, I know going into the George Carl year when they had Rondo, Kufis, Bellinelli, Boogie, um, people thought that was a deep in comedy yeah. cast. People, people thought that was a deep team. I think this is more deep. I just think it, every position, they have at least one player that could be looked at as a good NBA player. Yeah. Whereas last time or the last team we yeah. thought was deep. No. No, that's not true. Yeah, exactly. I would say that, uh, let me think about our starting lineup. I would say everybody in our starting lineup. Well, we don't know what the start. We don't know who the four is, well, but well, just real quick. The, the, the starting lineup, the first game was De'Aaron Tyrese, Harrison Barnes, Marvin Bagley. Uh, Marvin, yeah. Buddy has not started yet. Mar- yeah. Marvin Bagley started and Rashawn Holmes game two. It was De'Aaron Tyrese, Harrison, Mo Harkless, yeah. Tristan Thompson. Yeah. I mean, I would, I would say, uh, you know, with the exclusion of in that first line, I would definitely say De'Aaron obviously starts for every, if not, a you know, a majority of NBA teams, Tyrese for sure. Um, HB, is, you know, yeah. HB is, is definitely a starting caliber player. Uh, the four is definitely the position where uh, you, you can probably, 
argue that that's a is a is it pretty safe to say for you that four of the spots in the starting lineup have already been decided on? Yeah, I mean, there's no reason why. Yeah, you know, Holmes shouldn't start. There's no reason why Harrison shouldn't start. There's no obvious reason why De'Aaron shouldn't start. Uh, and uh, it seems that Tyrese is going to be the one that starts and not. I, we don't know if Buddy's going to start at the three. I think Me? if I'm not if I'm not remembering or if I'm remembering correctly, uh, Luke said something about we like Buddy at the three. Like we yeah. think he can play the three. It. Hey, there's two games left. It's very possible that the last two games have a lineup of the the so-called death lineup we had last year of Fox, Halliburton, Buddy, Barnes, and Holmes. That could be the next two games. Stay tuned. But uh, as of right now, I think it's pretty – Stay 20 tuned. Stay 20 tuned. Uh, It seems pretty certain that at least Tyrese Halliburton is going to be a starter of this year going into – it just seems like that's going to be the case, which last year was a huge – topic of discussion when is he going to start wow he started we love that he's starting but now why isn't he starting again because buddy whatever or De'Aaron came back um it seems like that won't be an issue this year I think that Luke likes to have that that other kind of combo guard and what I made a note to you was after the first preseason game Tyrese was dropping some absolute dimes and it just kind of made me wonder if if he'll be the primary ball handler bringing the ball down and then that can give De'Aaron some time to free up off ball. I don't know if that's something that they would be interested in, but um, De'Aaron obviously is very valuable with the ball in his hands as well. Uh, or they get split time. I'm just wondering, do you think it's more valuable? It's, it's a better situation for De'Aaron to bring the ball down at all times because he is the star guard. He is the most valuable player on the team. Or do you think having a guard like Tyrese, who is so, again, People said that he was so far behind the Lamella ball. I mean, Lamella ball dropped some crazy dimes, but Tyrese, yeah. the types of passes he can make, uh, no one else on the yeah. team can do that. Yeah, I think, you know, it's probably going to be a marriage of both. I think the key is obviously how well they can play, you know, just off of each other with each other um, and just kind of having that unspoken communication of, hey, like this is a better you know, especially, you know, off the, the key is going to be and where Tyrese has looked so good to me in this preseason has been in transition uh, where it kind of doesn't seem to matter who has the ball in his hand. They really don't. You know, it's not like Darren's checking for it. Like Tyrese has, has brought the ball down, I think, uh, more times than not in transition. Uh, and, you know, I think that's fine. Obviously, De'Aaron is one of the fastest players in the league and, and can get the ball down there fast. But I love the idea, again, of 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 De'Aaron using his speed off ball and just absolutely beelining to the hoop and not having to really think about, you know, setting himself, you know, crossing someone up in order to get there and just having to attack the rim, uh, you know, <laughs> on I'm, his thinking, own. I'm thinking of De'Aaron like he's uh, like he's skinny Zion or something like that, <laughs> where it's just like, bro, just fly, <laughs> like just go to the rim just, and fly, figure just, it out. Once you're up there, you can just get there on your own. You yeah. can figure it out. Uh, but I mean, honestly, like I'm joking about it, but seriously, like I think that's the kind of thing that De'Aaron can do off ball, um, especially in transition. But yeah, you know, if they're if they're running sets or they're trying to run more of a half court offense, I think it's probably more beneficial to have Tyrese off ball just because he can shoot better. And he's more he's just, you know, he can we've seen how deep he can shoot those things for him to be able to stretch the floor like that. I just think that's probably a little more valuable, but I'm sure they'll have, you know, sets that require Tyrese to bring it in or, or bring it down. And 
uh, vice versa. That's uh, a fun thing. That's a fun yeah. the, the versatility of have, being able to have yeah. sets with with De'Aaron bringing the ball down or Tyrese bringing the ball down. That's a very very fun part of it because Corey Joseph wasn't doing that last year. Uh, exactly. No, that's the year before. And to me, that's a big difference where you're replacing Kojo with Davion Mitchell. And yes, you know, what, I'm not I'm not even going to act like Kojo's in the same class of defender as as Davion Mitchell. But let's just for the sake of argument, say that they're both defenders. Um, they, they, they do defend. Factually, yes. they both do they play. Defense. Both are required to play defense. Yes. Um, Davion is just a much better ball handler. And it's. I won't say a better scorer yet because in Corey Joseph's defense, he had a, a strange bag, but he could, he could get his points if needed, just not for us. Um, and it's, it's yet to be seen if Davion, you know, Davion's hit some step back threes, which looks nice. Um, I, I don't, you know, I feel like he's really going to have to master the the catch and shoot three if he's going to want to be like really good offensively, but it, it's nice to, I don't, I just don't think he's going to have the ball in his hands much offensively. Yeah. And he won't need to. Uh, he he looked good. His shot looked really good last game. Yeah. Again, preseason. I know one game, but uh, he he had that step back three. I was mm-hmm. very like, woo, what? Kind of like when we saw Tyrese go go deep the first time, drop, like chucking it from near the logo. And I think we all kind of were thinking, what is he doing? Oh, it went in. Yeah. Uh, same thing with Davion. That step back, it looked good, looked clean. Um, so yeah, the Kings have so many options. And they don't really need to worry about one guy bringing the ball down, setting the offense up. It's just very similar again, back to the boogie thing where they had one guy producing the offense, <laughs> providing the flow of the offense, give it to boogie, let him create, get out of the way. Uh, De'Aaron could be the same thing. There'll be some, some situations where get De'Aaron the ball and get out of the way, let him Zion, like you said, float it to yeah. the hoop. Uh, but there are also some situations where, okay, Tyrese is going to bring it down. We're going to set two picks for, to get De'Aaron free. And he's just going to come around the curl and take that. I almost cursed again as well, and uh, and go to the rack. So, yeah, I like the options. The team's deep. Mm-hmm. And you know, someone we haven't talked about because, well, we talked about him a little bit earlier, but we didn't talk about him right now. And this uh, guard talk is Buddy Heald, who hasn't played well at all in the preseason. Um, the one thing that is glaring about Buddy's game right now is that he seems to be back on his bull where he continues to only take threes. Um, God bless Buddy Heald. He can take, I, at the end of the day, I don't have, I, I don't have issue with him taking 10 threes a game because as I've stated in the past, I don't think there's another shooter on the team. And I don't know, you know, I think the team is averaging like 45 three point attempts a game in the, pre, in the two preseason games. So uh, they're clearly, you know, telling them to chuck it up. Um, and Buddy Heald's going to be a big part of that. But in order for him to be an effective shooter, he's he's not taking the best shots. Like, again, I think we talked about this last – I don't know if we talked about it last week, but like Duncan Robinson, uh, Joe Harris, whatever shooter you want to name out there, they take wide open great looks. Buddy is still – you know, he'll, you know, he'll take and make the, the occasional open three, but he's still taking a lot off the dribble, uh, not setting his feet before he shoots the ball. It's very J.R. Smith. It's, it's very, very, very J.R. Yes, it really, it's a lot more J.R. Smith than it is 
uh, whatever. I'm I'm trying to you know Kyle Korver, Joe Harris. Kyle, I'm uh, trying to think of a non-white shooter. Um, uh, it's geez. Seth, um, Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson, beautiful. Clay Thompson. I can't uh, put Buddy Hill in Clay. Like no. Yeah, exactly. Clay, Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson is in his his own. They just don't do the same chair. thing. Um, but I don't know. It's just it's it's really frustrating because I know Buddy's also. I will criticize him heavily if he attacks the rim too much because I think, especially even coming out of college, um, it was just he's never been good at attacking the rim. He doesn't know what to do. He doesn't know how to contort his body, and he really does just with his hand. He doesn't know where to finish. He always like scoops. Uh, yeah, at the rim, he, he's it's very really tough. Weird. Tough so, to watch him on the fast break, uh, yeah, going to the rack. I would just like to see him get to the line three to four times a game. I don't think that's asking too much. Like he never pump fakes, he never tries to draw. And again, it sucks now because now the refs are going to be looking out for that kind of foul where you lean into him. But uh, he was just never one to look for fouls. And uh, in the NBA, especially as a shooter, the key for shooting is efficiency and Buddy Heald, as we've talked about, is a very, very streaky shooter, and we need him to be a consistent shooter instead. If he, you know, that's the Kings aren't looking for somebody who is a microwave who can just shoot the ball and get it up and and eventually get hot. And they can exactly like J.R. Smith. They can't just hope that Buddy gets a thirty-point game. They need Buddy to get consistently twelve points and be happy when he gets twenty. Sorry, the microwave. Did you see that the Kings have a microwave that they're I think they're going to try. They're probably going to try to make that stick. Yeah. Yeah. Terrence Davis Davis. yesterday. It was he. I think it was was after the Clipper game uh, walked in front of uh, King Social. It was like I could be a microwave if you want me to. And then Tristan, after the game, said that TD, he's like, he's he's a microwave. He's going to like be our microwave this year. And it's like, yeah, Buddy Heald needs to be that as well, too, though. Yeah. And and he is. And I think the thing we, we noticed it in the first game. And I mean, Buddy's been like this for a while, but uh, probably since the midpoint of last year, he's been rushing. It seems like he's rushing. It just seems like he's. I don't know if frantic is the right word, but it just doesn't seem under control or it, smooth. But that's just. The problem is that's Buddy. Like Buddy is that that like that is part of his personality. Like that is him. That is not like a basketball trait of his. He just is a very eccentric, very excited. Like he talks really fast. You know. I mean, it, it could just be the Bahama in him. You know. He's. I don't. I don't know he's, many he's, Bohemians. He's, I don't know if they all talk that fast. But Buddy is like just very. You can. He's wiry. He is. He's very ex- excitable. He's. Yeah. He definitely has energy and. He doesn't stop running the entire time he's on the floor. Yeah. I think he leads the league in miles ran per game or was second in miles ran per game or something like that. Uh, well, runs a marathon a night. But uh, it, it's, it'd be a lot better, I think, for himself and the offense and just for those watching if he just would take – True. Just take uh, – work a pump fake in, yeah. get free. Defenses just aren't biting on anything because he's not giving them anything to bite yeah. on. Or take other shots. I mean, uh, Terrence Davis, to his credit, like he'll drive the lane. He'll, you know, he'll get offensive rebounds and put them up. Like he, he he's not getting, one di- not one dimensional. No, yeah, he's, he's not one dimensional. He, he gets a different array of buckets. To your point, like if people know that you're just in there to shoot threes, like it's a lot harder to find a three point shot because people are just going to guard you a different way. They're going to allow you to go to the paint, and they're going to be like, I know at the end of the day this fool is going to try and shoot the ball. If he drives on me, like 
whatever. I guess I just, you know, that's a that's a dice roll. And he just so happened to drive this time because numbers don't say that he does that. Yeah, but if, um, if Buddy and he's got to make people, you know, he's got to make people defend him a different way. If Buddy's shooting 30 percent at the rim or when he's in the, around the paint area, if he struggles, teams are going to give they're going to give it to him. They're going to pressure him on the perimeter. Then they're going to try to lead him inside and he's going to try to force. And like you, like we said, he's one dimensional at the moment. Needs to bring a little more of a table. Um, I think it'll come to, again, just not rushing your shots. Maybe the Kings are having some plays up their sleeves where he's going to get a little more free. But uh, right now, he's he is shooting. Uh, yeah. He is he is shooting. We can't. He's he, he's uh, not afraid. In he's game very one, very much unafraid. Three of thirteen from three. Game two, four of thirteen. So. Six or seven for twenty six. I mean, geez, that's that's uh, that's tough. Can I ask a way too early question? I feel like, well, maybe not because it could come up anytime now. Game one. Let's say game one. Game one. Just like last season, Kings need a game winner. Who's it going to? They're Damn. down. They're th- down three. Let's say they're down yeah. two. So if they Damn. go for two, you you can go for two, get an overtime. You could t- try and drop your best three-point shot for X player and it's going to De'Aaron. I think it goes to Tyrese. Yeah. I, think, I, I should say, I think I would draw it up for Tyrese. I, I, I don't I think, think you're wrong necessarily. No, I, I think that'd be a good play. Cause I think defenses are going to really hone in on De'Aaron and, and focus in on De'Aaron and, I could see a situation where Tyrese is like his job in the play is to forget free and get open. Yeah. That could be, that could be, it. I think that's why how buddy got his shot, uh, the game winner in Detroit. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking that role. I, the reason why I say Tyrese is just because I think he is like our most three level scorer. He can score at the paint. He can score in the mid range. He can score from deep and De'Aaron, obviously it's yet to be seen that he can consistent, consistently score from deep. If he adds that, then I think it's kind of no question that the game, that the game is going to be in De'Aaron's hands. But the thing that would make me nervous is I don't, it's yet to be seen uh, Tyrese's uh, uh, shot creation ability. You know, he he really hasn't too much had to, you know, create a difficult shot, you know, create and make a difficult shot. And uh, I think that is what makes that's the kind of thing that turns a player at De'Aaron, Cal- De'Aaron Fox's caliber now to, oh, man, this guy is up with the, you know, probably not up with Steph Curry, who's legendary at this point. But, you know, with the Dame Lillards, with the Russell Westbrooks and the top point guards in the league like that. Um, so that'll be interesting to me as I just don't think the Kings have a Closer. tough shot maker. You know, Rudy Gay was honestly to his credit. Like he was a tough shot maker. Um, you know, back in the day, Mike Bibby, Mike Bibby would make the clutch shots. He was a tough shot maker. It didn't go to Chris Webber. You know, Chris Webber didn't really have an array of buckets that was like, all right, we're going to feed Chris in the post. He's going to do his shimmy shake. That's for sure going to get him open. And he's going to take a shot over the top. Like it was Mike. The play was ran for Mike because they just knew he was he was the right guy to run it for. I don't I don't know who the guy is now. Yeah, it's it's a tough question. Seeing Tyrese create off the dribble a little more will maybe solve that that yeah. that, that question i i i've been impressed by the way he's done that this off this preseason 
Uh, De'Aaron, I wouldn't call him a tough shot maker, but the step backs where they're kind of off balance that he knocks down every, every, every so often the mid range one. Yeah. Those free throw line step back. Those are pretty tough. Yeah. And that's what I envision. That's when his game winner too. When he, yeah. Goes, yeah. When he's tried to take it he's and he's had a couple like three or four times. Yeah. Where he's tried yeah. to take yeah. like Philly's rookie season and Memphis Miami, one, right? Miami. Yeah. Um, he, he's had a, a couple just step backs that have, I would call them t- tough shots. But the Rudy Gay ones, or I know that the plays you're talking about, where they're falling, they're falling out of bounds. Turnaround jumpers, just line. Yeah, yeah. we don't have that. No, I'd say De'Aaron Tyrese are number one, number two though. They're they're the top two guys that could possess that ability. HB is a sneaky, a sneaky kind of for sure. He could do it. He could. he, He would be the oh, they think it's going to be ran for those two. Harrison's wide open in the corner because nobody's thinking about him. Yeah. And he could do so. I mean, and we saw it last year with that. The Cleveland shot was was a tough shot. Like he caught it, turned around, and threw it at the hoop. I mean, he didn't throw it. He took a beautiful shot. But like, that's a tough shot. He's falling away out of bounds from 32 feet or something like that. Like, you have to adjust midair because you're not even yeah. seeing where you are in a in yeah. opposed to the basket. You have to look while you're turning around and falling out of bounds. Uh, yeah, but buddy on the depth chart of, of who you want the ball to be in their hands on the game winner, I'd say yeah. he's he's fourth or fifth. It's just I need to see a little more out of him. He he struggled last year. He's struggling this preseason. It's just, it seems like he's been struggling for the last year or so. Yeah, and I, yeah, I asked that question because I do feel like I vaguely remember one or two game-winning opportunities going to Buddy last year and just being like, this guy doesn't have it. Like, he he's, he's whatever, he's – four of 16 today and like yeah he's hot in the fourth but like i don't know about him taking <laughs> taking yeah, winning opportunities and his his game winner last year was on that follow-up if if hb could just finish that dunk it's you mm-hmm. know it's curtains but thanks for the hustle play yeah <laughs> yeah and i also think to that point like is buddy in the closing lineups now like I, I, I think it doesn't help that he's not playing well in the preseason, but I just can't imagine well, that. I, I would imagine that the closing lineup you were saying that depth lineup earlier. I think Damian might be in the closing that, lineup. Well, that was my my, que- my one of the last. I was very hesitant to get there, but I think he well, might be. Yeah, one of the last questions I had, and this goes perfectly hand in hand with that, is your favorite three guard lineup because that probably is going to be what the closing lineup yeah. is. If 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 you. If we think that the best three guard lineup is De'Aaron, Tyrese, and Davion, those are the guys that have to be on the floor with with assuming this is going to be the HB and Rashawn hold up last year. You can make a case for maybe Tristan Thompson or Alex Len being in late for defensive purposes, but I think that De'Aaron, Tyrese, and Davion have to be yeah. the closing unless we're down by like eight See, points. And so that's what I was gonna in. say. Is it just a matter of like situation? If we're losing, then Buddy's gonna be in because you know, it's easy to say we need points. Davion's not a shooter, but he can get hot as quickly as possible. That's what we need. And if we're winning, we need to retain the lead, put in the defensive guy, try and hold it down. That seems I'd like the so. easiest thing to do for Luke. You know, it's an easy cop out to just be like, like the, our best defender was out there and we needed to hold the lead, vice versa. But think of it I as like, know. think of it as like you're in, ba- like you're going to the ninth with, you know, in your, you have your bullpen. Let's mm-hmm. say we're 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 up two runs, aka yeah. the Kings are up. The Kings are up eight. You bring in your closer. We yeah. bring in Davion Mitchell to close it out. We're up eight. 
We're going to bring in our closer with three minutes left and we're going to play defense. We're going to close this thing out. Now let's say we're going to the ninth and we're down by a run. Kings down by five. We're going to be putting those pinch hitters in. We're going to bring in buddy Hill and let him, let him take a rip. So uh, I think like you said, it is a nice, it's an easy way for Luke to to kind of go just off of scenarios, very situational, but I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that because if the Kings need defense late, I want the best defensive lineup in. If the Kings are, winning and or or they need point or losing excuse me losing and need points i want the offense and i think last year that's kind of one of the biggest um the one of the biggest reasons behind marvin bagley not playing late is because luke walton was trying to go with what he thought was the right move which was to put better defenders in which i can't really knock him for because mm-hmm. the kings the, the kings were trailing in a lot of those games but they still needed stops so that the guys that could score could score because yeah. You assume on the lineup the Kings have this year, scoring is not going to be a problem. Uh, it's going to be defense. So I, I do think, though, that my favorite lineup, my favorite three-guard lineup is De'Aaron Fox, Tyrese Halburn, and Davion Mitchell. I just think that's the best three-guard lineup the Kings have. Yeah. I, I, mm. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. I, I want to throw Buddy in there just because, again, like if he's on and he's the player that I want him to be, like 42% three-point shooter would be great because, again, like the Kings don't have that kind of guy who can just light it up like that. And if Buddy can be that guy, then he's he's irreplaceable. <laughs> he's, he's just not that guy. And, uh, you know, we can keep holding out or I can keep holding out for him to – to like I said earlier, like be more conservative with the shots, try and get guys on pump face, try and get guys blowing by you, try and drive more, get to the lane more or get to the line more. But he's just not that guy. Yeah. How long have we been waiting for that, though? I mean, I, I feel like we yeah. always have been saying, with buddy, if we've been waiting yeah. for so long, it's in and Marvin's kind of getting to that same point where yeah. if he could just be Marvin and buddy, both are just kind of at a point where they need to really. Are we going to be this player for the rest of our careers, or are we going to mm-hmm. try to adjust and make some changes? And yeah. right now, Buddy, like you said, if he can make those changes, oh my goodness, he'd be lethal. But yeah, yeah. And I, I, the real hesitancy for me is, I don't know why this is happening, but I, I'm liking, I'm, I just really like what I see out of Terrence Davis. Like I don't know necessarily if, if he's the the third guard that I'd like to see most. Uh, I think, you know, I think Davion's defensive ability is much needed in just our, our lineup in general. And so I think he's probably more a more valuable piece to get in there. But I like Terrence Davis as like, a again, like a three level scorer. Um, and if he can get. Just be like tenacious on defense, I don't necessarily think the Kings need someone like Davion Mitchell, who is a stopper bona fide, but I just think they need an energy guy. They need a Tory Craig kind of like, you know, like this guy's just here really like he's not, he's not our fifth best player or something like that. He's just, he really fits the role and makes the whole lineup work. The whole rotations work better. Um, I don't necessarily know if I really agree to it, but I'm really starting to think about like, what and, and honestly it could just be a weekly thing because i remember like two weeks ago uh i was really like lewis king might get some real minutes and uh i don't know i could just be wrong i could just no, it could just be i'm ready for basketball no I'm thinking TD, too much i think td is gonna have minutes for sure he he's definitely like a, a wild card type of player mm-hmm. 
And I like that. The Kings need a wild card. They need a guy who's going to come off the bench and he could just provide. He just last year, he just ran. He's, I remember, just he just his speed was noteworthy. His shooting was streaky. But when he was on, he was on. And he, he had those games where he exploded. I was like, 20, didn't he have like two 30 point games last year? Yeah, 27 points like, against, I think, in the biggest game of the year for the Kings against San Antonio. He was their best player. This guy's uh, in his third NBA season, correct? Yeah, yeah. Like, I think he's only 23, 22. Uh, the Kings might have found something in him. Uh, he is a guy I think that can play better defense than than, than a lot of the players on the team. Uh, sneaky defense, but it, the Kings need a wild card. They need a guy that's, that's going to be able to come off the bench and get and get points. And he is that guy. Uh, and when it comes to the rotation, you mentioned Lewis King. It seems like he's probably on the outside looking in, and, yeah. and he'll he'll be in Stockton, but. Luke Walton did say he's going to crunch the rotation. I'm just wondering what that could mean for players like Alex Len mm-hmm. or Mar- or Marvin Bagley because I, I, there's a case for for Terrence Davis to play more. There's a case for Tristan Thompson to play more. Uh, there's yeah. there's there's just cases for eight, nine, ten guys, and it's probably going to be nine nine to ten max that are going to be getting rotation minutes every night. So, yeah, I think that that's really interesting that Tristan Thompson taking Marvin's minutes because I don't I think I, I just I think that's a good a real possibility, uh, especially. Yeah, I mean, if they move on from Marvin and or Buddy, which I think this roster is very prepared to do, um, as we've said, you know, like Terrence Davis is a natural Buddy healed replacement and uh you know, I don't think Tristan Thompson does nearly the things uh, in terms of offensive scoring ability that Marvin brings, but he's just as good, if not a much better rebounder, um, especially offensive rebounding. And he brings a, a tenaciousness that the Kings need and a personality that the Kings need. Um, and so I could see definitely on the right night, like Tristan's going to play 20, 15 to 20 minutes and Marvin might get one stint. Uh and that'll be interesting. Yeah. How, how, how much Luke crunches the lineup is, is, is it going to be a nine, 10 man rotation? Is he going to play 11 or 12? Um, I don't know. I think he has all the options though, because oh, like yeah. we've said, this team is deep enough to where I think everybody could play. The and Mo Harkless is, is going to play. Mo Harkless yeah. is another one who's going to take minutes from Marvin as well. I think Luke is very high on Mo Harkless and not trying to read too much into a preseason starting lineup, but, the fact that Luke is playing around with, I just think that it is a scenario we could see based on certain matchups that starting four spot could also be a revolving door. It could change yeah. on each, on each matchup. It could be more Harkless some days. It could be Tristan playing in the same lineup as Rashawn or, 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 uh, or I don't think they would start Alex Len, but point is maybe Marvin. It could be Harrison. There's like four different people who could start at that four. I think it'll be, a flex position. I think it could change each week. And I just don't know if they're going to have a De'Aaron Fox, a Harrison Barnes, Rashawn Holmes situation where this guy's penciled in every day at the four or at the whatever position. I just think that that fourth starting position is going to be one that we might not ever have an answer on until, until it is clearly presented to us. Mm -hmm. Uh, It could be a flexible situation. Yeah. Um, is there anything else you got? I'm trying to think. No, uh, I mean, hey, enjoy the basketball. I, I, I really just am enjoying watching the Kings and just thinking about these things. I was at the gym the other day and just, just was thinking about 
those scenarios being down five with a minute and a half left. Yeah. That might be a situation where you have buddy in and, and go small ball and just have your guards in or, or I don't know, it's all these situations. And it's fun to think about these things. Don't read into it too deep people. It's preseason, but also enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I uh, hear I, I'm just trying to think of, you got my mind racing about who could be that for, you know, I'm trying to think if like, the same way that the Nuggets just scooped Aaron Gordon last year. Like if somebody like that, where it's not necessarily, you know, like Lori Markinen's not going to be it because Chris, he, Christian like, Wood. If yeah, they, some, if, exactly. If Houston ever, like if, that. if Houston wants to blow, I mean, they would, they should keep him. He's great. I don't, I, I don't think he's that young though. I mean, not that we're old, but isn't he like 27 years old, 28 years old? Yeah, something like that. Um, Houston, you might want to make a move. I mean, yeah, Houston's not going anywhere anytime soon. So I think Christian Wood makes a healthy penny, if I'm not mistaken. But he's 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 26. Chris, when's your birthday? Uh, October 26th. Okay, he he's exactly um, exactly a month older than you are. September 27th, 1995. Boo. Um, Christian Wood averaged 21 points a game, nine boards. He is making any guess. I'm going to say $18 million a year. For how many more years? Three. He's making $13.6 million this Damn. year, $14.3 next year. Hey, I mean, 26. This, yeah. he's, he's ancient, Houston. Get rid of him. Yeah. Get I mean, that's definitely the type of player who could be on the move. I mean, that's that's a very digestible contract uh, for somebody who I'm sure you have his his stats from last season in front of you. If I'm not mistaken, there was points last year where he was like a 2010 guy. He was like 18 and 18 and nine at least with like two block. I don't know if he had two blocks, but like one point five blocks or something like that. And yeah, he could shoot the three. Um he would definitely be a, he's yeah he would be a guy that I would welcome he's a little he's kind of like a a, a fuller packaged Rashawn Holmes I guess but like yeah. definitely skinnier <laughs> and he can shoot the three ball mm-hmm. uh, the big he can stretch the floor thirty seven percent from three he took five five or so last year yeah he made two per game last year and he I mean come on Houston what are we doing here make it happen. The Pascal Siakam uh, noise definitely silenced after I, I know Masai said I have no intention of trading him, but I think he means um, it. Yeah. And again, I remember thinking like Pascal, like I remember hearing Masai like found Pascal like in the uh, like, you know, he he's just been scouting him forever. Uh, New Mexico. Part, New Mexico. I believe, yeah, I think uh, Pascal might have been part of the uh, NBA Africa program, the one that mm-hmm. and uh, he was like, you know, Masai was a really big part in in getting that thing off the ground. And I'm pretty sure he's like been scouting him since then, if I'm not mistaken. So like M- Masai's got a lot of a lot of Pascal yeah. stock. That's very old. I don't think he'll be giving up uh, Siakam for Buddy Heald or Marvin Bagley. I-, I think that he's quickly just been saying, you know what? He's he's also a guy that's twenty seven or so. We can hang on to him for four or five more years, and he'll be fine. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But if you know what, if that player does arise, though, we will be we'll be here to talk about it. That's for damn sure. I am. I'm. I. This podcast has got me fully into the. If Houston wants to sell, <laughs> we should we should swing and trade for Christian Wood. I'm. Yeah. I'm, I'm fully on board with that now. Um. I don't know exactly what it would take. I don't know what they would probably be looking for, but. 
We have the Monty McNair connection. So. Yeah, probably draft picks. They just want draft picks at this point. Let's start this now. You know, let's start. Th- they got to play Alperin Shangun too. So I don't know if yeah. those can play together. You know, hey, we'll take them off your hands, Houston. We'll take them off your hands. Well, again, we want the same things. You want to get you want to get younger. Actually, I don't know what the hell you want, Houston. I don't. They just want to not be good. Yeah, we want we want a floor stretching. Six uh, ten seems like a great forward. place for Marvin too. I mean, you yeah. Know, no one's gonna. It's like a. It's like a better OKC situation or a nicer OKC situation, I should say. You know, like they're both definitely trying to lose a lot of games, but at least you're in Houston. You know, at least like you're in Houston, sixth largest city, I think, in America. I think something like that. Houston, Atlanta, Vegas. Something like that. Yes. Shout out, Aubrey. Um, well, we're going on for too long here. Um, yeah. All right. Enjoy the preseason. That's, yeah, that's that's all our points. Enjoy the preseason. Hope you all enjoyed the episode. Um, and I think that's it. Bye-bye. Good. Bye. Bye.